Welcome to the Flag on the Play podcast. My name is Danny GG, and we are back from our Thanksgiving holiday. We hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, spending time with loved ones and family. And we are here to recap the week 12 of the NFL season. Man, we had a lot of good games here. The old Thanksgiving slate, the classic Thanksgiving Turkey Day tradition. A couple crazy uh, Sunday slate games came right down to the wire here. A lot of division matchups looking pretty schmeaty. But uh, yeah, we got the crew, David, Tim, and Sebastian. How you guys doing? Quite good. I feel great. Had a great Thanksgiving break. Big week for picks. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good too. Sebastian, stop touching your mic. I can hear it now. Oh my God. All righty. Well, I think we're ready to hop right in here. And uh, as with tradition of Thanksgiving, our tradition here is Tim runs the lightning round. Take it away. Full slate of games this week. Nobody on the bye, and here we go. In the greatest Turkey Day tradition of all, the Lions lose. The Packers' defense leads the way, turning over the Lions several times on the way to 29-22 win. And just like that, the Cheeseheads find themselves in the thick of everything in the NFC. The Cowboys decimate the Commanders for the entire nation to see the most-watched NFL game ever. Dak is immaculate, and Darren Bland breaks the single-season pick-six record with his fifth of the year. Commanders' D.C. Jack Del Rio is sacked post-game. Dallas wins 45 to 10. And to wrap up Thanksgiving night, the Niners blow out Seattle. Christian McCaffrey makes a case for MVP of the league with a monster two touchdown performance, and the Seahawks are left soul searching. Niners take hold of the West with a 31 to 13 victory. The Dolphins play the Jets a little tighter than you would like on Black Friday, despite the 34 to 13 victory. In a play, the Jets' faithful dubbed the Hell Mary. Quarterback uh, Tim Boyle launched the ball into the end at the end of the first half. Dolphins safety Javon Holland picks it into the 100 yards for a touchdown, and it slides out from there. Saints and Falcons tango for the first place in the NFC South. The Atlanta defense makes a couple of big red zone stops, including Jesse Bates pick six to take hold of the division lead with a 24-15 win. In the AFC North, the Bengals and Steelers square off in an ugly one. The Steelers put up 400 yards for the first time since 2021 to just enough to hold off the Browning-led Bengals for 16-10 win. Moving on down to Houston in another divisional game, the Jaguars best the Texan off a 58-yard doink from Houston kicker Matt Amendola. The Jaguars take a lead in the AFC South with a 24-21 victory in the Lawrence Stroud QB duel. And would you look at that? The Indianapolis Colts are above 500 with maybe the quietest winning record ever. They handle business against the Bucks, following Jonathan Taylor's lead with two rushing touchdowns. Colts find themselves the last wild card spot in the Kansas State with a 27-20 victory. Tingus, Pingus, DeVito, Patriots killer. The Giants dance in an abomination of the game with the G-Men able to do just enough to win 10-7. Mac Jones had another one of the worst passes of the year. Look it up. It's brutal. Losing to the Titans is a kiss of death. Henry scores twice, but Tennessee struggles the rest of the way. The issue? Carolina struggles more. Titans win 17-10, and the Panthers fired head coach Frank Wright. Rams running back Kyron Williams had a big day on the ground against the Cards, going for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Matt Stafford adds a few more touchdowns for the air, and Los Angeles clips the Cardinals' wings, winning 37-14. The Broncos extend their win streak to six with a thoroughly impressive showing from Russell Wilson in the Denver defense. Broncos win 29-12. Cleveland's QB woes continue as Dorian Thompson-Robinson exits the game with a head injury. Chiefs start slow as molasses, going down two scores with the Raiders on the road, and they wake up in the second half, eventually winning 31-7. The Bills travel to Philly and what is potentially the game of the 
the year. Buffalo dominates the first half, but Philadelphia shows why they have the best record in the league in the second. Jalen Hurts and kicker Jake Elliott combine their powers to send the game to overtime at 31-31, at and Hurts wins it with a rushing touchdown. Birds win 37-34. And on Sunday night, Justin Herbert does it again, folks. He chokes it. The Ravens win in a slog fest 20-10. Ravens wide out. Zay Flowers has a big game with one receiving touchdown and another on the ground, and that is your NFL Week 12 Lightning Round. All right. Hell yeah, Tim. Woo. Hell yeah. Doing that damn thing, boy. Thank you much. Thank you much. Uh, it was a long week. Started on Thursday on Thanksgiving. Went all the way to Sunday with the inclusion of the league's first uh, Black Friday game where the Dolphins took on the Jets. It was a disaster. Uh, any takeaways you want to go through in that lightning round before we head on to our records? I feel like it wasn't a disaster if the Dolphins won. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was no kind of disaster. Sebastian, uh, how is it that disaster. you speak and touch your mic? Because I wanted to move <laughs> it a little closer. Why don't you just keep it close to you? It is close to me. Then what? <laughs> All right. Yeah, Finn's, uh, Finn's probably left about 20 points on the table in that one. But... uh We'll get to that when we do our week in review. So quick recap of our weekly picks here. Um, I had a pretty solid week. I'm slowly inching back to catching up to Tim. And let's see, Tim still in first place at 113 wins. I'm now in second, 107. Sebastian moving up into third with 105. And David had a, a bit of a rough week in last place here at 102 uh, with the Terminator chat GBT bot at 98 right behind him creeping up. So um, yeah, I I'm a little salty because I originally picked the Packers on last week's Thursday night show. And right before the game, I was looking at the injury report and the Packers had like 20 people out. I'm like, man, there's no way they're going to win. And the lions are looking good, blah, blah, blah. So I changed my pick to the pack to the lions at the last second, which was a mistake because uh, the Packers dominated early on in this game and ended up cooking the Lions. So uh, I was dealing with some car trouble at this time, so I actually didn't see a lick of this game. I just had you guys texting me, so I, I was pulled over on the side of the highway, and then all of a sudden my phone's blowing up. Of, Bro, the Packers, they were doing so good. The Packers are winning, which was just annoying me even further because <laughs> I hate the Packers. But uh, it, was a, it was a good time. What do you guys got to say about this game? Jordan Love had a relatively good game in comparison to his midseason woes. Um, it seems that he's starting to turn a corner back to the early season form that we saw. Um, Jared Goff has been woefully inconsistent in the past few weeks. It's, you know, it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense considering that the Lions have such a really have such a good run game that they continually rely on Jared. But um, I don't know. I think the team is good. I, I think we all believe in the culture. Um, hopefully they round back into form, but Packers win an NFC North division game you know what they say tim when it comes to in division rivalries you know what you know what to do yeah you got to throw the record books right out especially when it's in a big primetime spot like this one where the lions on thanksgiving in front of the whole country the packers have a point to prove here they need this one in a big way if they had lost this game you know they can pretty much write their season is over um, but they show up in a big way i think lafleur is shaking off the uh 
Rodgers vendor accusations with this one where he's able to actually coach the Packers offense to being a potent unit again. And uh, the Lions have been a little suspicious in the past month or so, especially their secondary. I, they've been getting shredded deep uh, for about the past month or so. And when you've got issues like that on the defensive side of the ball, you need immaculate play from your offense. And Jared Goff has just been more like his late Ram self rather than his Lions and early Ram self. Yeah, I hate to see it because uh, the Packers, uh, no one likes the Packers except cheeseheads. So, yeah, Lions are, uh, are not looking so great. I mean, it, fraudulent. fraudulent, fraudulent Packers possibly in the hunt. Disgusting, but don't worry. The Bears will crush those dreams in a few weeks. <laughs> if the Packers are in the hunt, the NFC is unbelievably weak. Yeah, get this. Oh, the yeah. four and seven Buccaneers are in the hunt in the NFC. Can you believe that? The four yeah, and seven Buccaneers, NFC. even though mathematically they might be in the hunt, will never be in the hunt. You're so right. I don't know. And those other teams are really, really bad. What is the NFC playoff picture? Uh, it's pretty oh, it's dismal. You've got the Eagles up top. You've got the Niners. You've got the Cowboys. You know, we can pretty much count on those guys. They're going to be fine. Uh, and then you've got whatever the hell the NFC South is doing. The I think the, I think the Falcons are probably leaders of the NFC South right now. They are. They're leading the South with a 5-6 and six record. Uh, you can <laughs> They're going to get a home game in the playoff. Isn't that horrible? According to NFL.com in the NFC, um, um, coming from top to bottom, we have number one Eagles. Number two, 49ers. Number three, Lions. All um, So the Eagles are 10-1, and one, and both the 49ers and the Lions are 8-3. And, and after that, it's, uh, my God, the Falcons from the NFC South are 5-6. They're number four. The Cowboys are 8-3 at number five. The Vikings are 6-5 at number six. The Seahawks, 6-5 at number seven. And then on the bubble are the Packers at 5-6. and six. Rams five and six, Saints five and six, Bucks four and seven, Giants four and eight. God, this is abysmal. Commies four and eight, Bears three and eight. The Cardinals. Bears still have a chance. Well, I'm not sure it's a chance. I think it's more of that's what the rest of the NFC is shaping oh, true. up. But on the bubble is definitely um, the, the the Packers and the Rams, as in that these teams would be on the outside looking in if the season ended today. So that shocks me that the Giants are even mentioned in this list. It's wow. That well, one actually no, shocks like, me. Like I think the Giants season is essentially over, but because they're third in the NFC East, um, but you know they won against the Patriots. They're four and eight. They're not going to make it into the playoff picture. I think we know that, barring some crazy. You know, just absolutely like f- complete like catastrophe, um, just like Ragnarok, just end of time scenario in the NFC. Ooh, but. very good, a Ragnarok. Yeah, wow, Ragnarok. What you that. know about Fenrir coming up to fuck up Thor's butthole? Look at but, that yeah. Norse mythology. Where <laughs> Hell else? Hell yeah, get brother. That? What you know about Yrmingandr, the world snake? Hell, I just want everybody to know that I only know any of these things because of the God of War video game. But you know. Back to football. Um, Packers are basically are on the bubble, meaning that if if the Seahawks continue their their slide downwards, and the Packers like I guess win another game, they could be 
they could be edging into the, to a wild card spot, which would be abysmal. At least for Danny, I don't know. I don't really hate the Packers as much now that Aaron Rodgers isn't there. But you know, we have bare solidarity for uh, Mr. Gardy. Thank so. you, David. That's the first time anyone's ever, unless they're stood up the for me like, the, yeah, unless they're playing the Dolphins, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get to yeah. watch the refs eat Claypool. <laughs> uh, speaking of Dolphins, Sebastian, you want to talk about this Black Friday game? Scared me a little bit in the first half, won't lie, Tua, with a couple of uh, interceptions that made me go, hoi, mira, wondering what was going on there. Uh, that pick six was, he just threw a rainbow. I mean, that's just all timing on a route, you know what I mean? That's just like, you know, when your system's all timing, something something happens every once in a while. And that's the second time I believe he's been pick six by that, uh, by that same uh, defensive back as well. So, but the defense, the defense. You know, I've been saying it the last couple weeks. I've been calling Fangio washed. I don't know. I mean, granted, we played the Jets with Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. What do you have, like 12 touchdowns and 23 interceptions in college, David? No, he had one touchdown and 13 interceptions in college. Good Lord. Yeah, it's he, he wasn't even a starter at his institution, I don't believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, since he is of your namesake. But- he was the starter at UConn for a couple of years, transferred to Eastern Kentucky, uh, and it was a disaster everywhere he went. Uh, I got a lot of flack for saying I could do what he does. Uh, I, I still stand by that. I can throw 24. No, no, no. Yeah, year. I gave I can you do flack, that. but then I watched him play, and I'm like, yeah, Tim could do this. Oh yeah, you know this Thank is a you. shout out. This is a shout out to uh, Evan Sager, who uh, his agenda must be propagated by, on by this QB platform. QB Sebastian, don't say it out loud. We, uh, you know, we're we're a, it's a nuanced program, and we uh, and we, we we propagate the agenda through subtle means. That being said, Tim Boyle being racist, you heard it here first, and this is co-signed by Danny GG on the Flag on the Page what? podcast. Tim Boyle being drafted is racism and you heard it here <laughs> first and you know it's the truth there's no reason any he was college quarterback who only threw one touchdown and threw 13 interceptions in his college career should ever be drafted we we know t- we know folks who are excellent we know folks who are who have turned out to be wonderful nfl starters who had much better college careers who went undrafted this is unbelievable you know tell something right now i David Polino, you can put it. You put it on my name. I will not rest until it is admitted that this sort of tomfoolery, this sort of—it's not misandry because it's not really just hating people. It's this sort of uh, just absolute buffoonery. Be labeled as bigoted behavior, and that's on everything. And I'm standing on business. I'm always down for YQB erasure, but Tim Boyle was undrafted. <laughs> I thought He's what I heard terrible. was uh, Tim Boyle and Aaron Rodgers were friends. That's how he ended up there. He was Rodgers' backup in Green Bay for a while. He, he is allegedly backup in 2022. He is allegedly what? a film room warrior. Um, but that's it. My question with the Jets is why the hell are we not playing Trevor Simeon? Why? He is at least shown that he can he is a bottom quartile quarterback. I hear you. He's at least shown that he can spot start. Why, what are we doing with Zach Wilson and going to Tim Boyle? This is going to cost people's jobs, namely Robert Sala and Joe Douglas are both going to get the ax by the end of the year because of their handling of this quarterback situation. I don't even like the Jets, but this makes me 
irate that people who are very obviously not cut out to be a starting quarterback in the league continue to get opportunities over guys that you either can roll the dice on, maybe you got a practice squad guy you might want to see, or at least someone who's proven that they at least belong. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they continue to struggle and put their head in the sand uh, with these quarterbacks. Robert Salas said that they are sticking with Boyle for next week. I just don't get it. This is even to mention the play of the year. This is going in Jets lore right up there with the butt fumble, the Hail Mary. At the end of the at the end of the half, uh, Tim Boyle is dropping back for a Hail Mary to the end zone. He lobs it. He gets picked off by Javon Holland, who returns it 100 yards. Riddle me this. There are Dolphins blockers at the about 40-yard line and no Jets players around. I don't know how it happened, but this is just one of those very Jets things to do. They lost Rodgers, and it seems like they're just phoning in for the rest of the year. It's going to cost people jobs. It bothers me. I'm getting off my soapbox, Danny. I'm sorry. I just had to get that one off my chest. All right, all right. One more soapbox. One more soapbox. They need to get rid of that whatever goddamn grass, turf, astro, whatever they got down there at MetLife because it is Jalen Phillips now. I draw the line at Dolphins players. Get rid of that sod. Burn it to the ground. Burn that whole stadium to the ground. Agree. 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 Well, I really like that we got the uh, Hell Mary out of this. That's a hilarious name. And I saw that uh, clip today. It was like, is the Hell Mary the new butt fumble? Which I've never heard of the butt fumble. No, the butt fumble is so much worse. I just just think it's so funny that they have two horrible things with funny names. And uh, it's just very Jets. But that, that Hell Mary pick six was... But then they also, they also have the most infamous sack in like all of history where two Dolphins players absolutely sandwiched Bryce Petty into, into a protocol. Cam Wake and Indomitian Sue just crush that guy. Oh, man. I miss Cameron was... Wake. Oh, dude, we had what we had prime Cam Wake play. right now. Oh, my God. Oh, disgusting. Also, it's an excellent name for a Dolphins player. Cam, Cam Wake. That's so like, good. Like, like it's... It, it couldn't be more fitting. Wake zone. Oh, yeah. The no, the no wake zone. The Jags. Yeah, let's move on to the Jags. This was a great game. AFC South, one of the games of the week here. And a lot of good ones this week. Jaguars travel down to Houston. Uh, we get a great quarterback duel. Trevor Lawrence throws for over 300 yards, two touchdowns. CJ Stroud does his thing. About 250 yards. They had a great back and forth effort with the Jaguars defense being the difference maker here. Uh, Jags get the, excuse me, the Texans get the ball uh, late. And you expect CJ Stroud to work his magic like he's done the past few weeks where he's leading these game winning drives and walking off with the victory. The Jags defense, particularly defensive end Josh Allen, stands tall, makes a big sack just outside of field goal range. The Texans line up. For a 58-yard field goal, Matt Amendola, who has been 0-4 for uh, 50-yard-plus field goals on the year so far, lines up to kick. He's got the leg. He's got the accuracy, and it just hits the crossbar, bounces off. Jags kneel it and win. It was a thriller of a game. I wonder if you guys watched it because it was very entertaining the whole way through. It was a good one. Very crazy. A lot of, a lot of plays by uh, Etienne, Travis. I can't Etienne. pronounce his last name. 
ETN. E- I can't do it. I don't know why it's weird. I'm I'm sorry. But man, that he can run like a like oh, he's a tank, dude. It's cool. And you just I, I don't you know, Urban did some dumb 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 shit, but he drafted some people that would uh be some are probably going to be cornerstones for the Jags for the next couple years. Yes, indeed. The Jaguars solidify their hold on the AFC South, keeping the Texans at bay. Calvin Ridley had a big game this week. I know that a lot of Jags fans have been waiting for Ridley to show some significance, and it looks like with Zay Jones back on the field, they're able to use Jones to clear up some of those routes for Ridley to start taking over. So maybe we'll see that Jaguars team of last year that we're hoping to see all year at this point. Keep your eyes on Jacksonville. They may be a threat going on the road. I think that's what we anticipated at the beginning of the season. Um, I know that Trevor Lawrence has been up and down, specifically when it comes to having to rely on the inconsistent play of his wide receivers. I think we were all expecting Calvin Ridley to have a bigger year, especially after that week one performance. Um, This is a big win, though, for the Jags, especially in the AFC South Conference. This is, you know, I think we were all crowning – if not crowning, at least putting in the conversation C.J. Stroud for the MVP conversation, especially with his performances as of late. Um, this is a big win for the Jags, especially for their playoff contentions and playoff um, implications. So, look, you know, like they say, Tim, throw out the record books, except in this time uh, you wouldn't throw out the record books. You got to throw them out. But, uh, the anyway, Jags kinda... and Texans split, these, uh, split the series on the year. Um, mm. But Texans are not dead yet. Mm. Very much alive in this playoff race still. Mm. All right, moving right along. Let's go to New York. Uh, Big Apple, the Patriots are taking a visit over to New York where Tingus DeVito, our boy Tommy DeVito, the Italian legend, is once again suiting up for the Giants with starting duties. And he does just enough to get the Patriots, or excuse me, the Giants over the hump. Biggest play of the game was this one was a horrible, horrible throw for Mac Jones. I feel like we say this every single week. He's throwing off his back foot into double coverage. It's immediately easily picked, and the Giants are able to score their lone touchdown from there, eventually winning the game. There are some interesting statistics. If you look at uh, uh, Tommy DeVito's stats, they're better than first overall pick Bryce Young. I think this says a lot about Daywell as a quarterback's coach, uh, more than it may say about Bryce Young, who's been had a very tough start to his career. But looks like uh, Daywell is getting the most out of DeVito, which isn't much, but enough to beat this moribund, moribund Patriots team. We did see Bailey Zappi uh, come in uh, for relief of Mac Jones, and it was just as putrid as Jones. They are in free fall. We'll see if Belichick's job is on the line down the road. If anything, the Patriots should see this season, see last season, see everything post-Tom Brady, and remind themselves, hey, you know what? A general manager who actually has real power in in an organization is important. And we, as, you know, an NFL football team, should probably have one that isn't our football coach. I hope Bill gets fired. That's all I got to say on this. I'm right there with you. This roster was assembled by Bill Belichick, and there's not much to like about it. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson had a pretty good game, but 
outside of him. You look at the receivers, you look at the quarterbacks, you look at the de- defense. It's just a very poor uh, roster all up and down. I think Ramondre Stevenson is much better than his reputation is, even though everyone knows he's a very good running back. Um, the fact that he's able to be productive in this Patriots offense speaks volumes about him. I think if he's on any team with a real offensive line or offensive talent or a quarterback or a play caller that isn't who is there? Who's there? Um, is it Bill O'Brien? Yeah. Bill O'Brien. Wasn't Bill O'Brien? Um, I think he's a top five running back. That's just me. That's just me. I can absolutely see it. The guy's uh, talent bleeds off the screen. Whenever you watch him, he's just stuck in a horrible, horrible position. Let's go to a team that we thought was in a horrible position, but has ripped off six wins in a row. The Denver Broncos. They are hot, 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 baby. Russell Wilson is playing fantastic. He is the the only quarterback, him and Peyton Manning, for the Denver Broncos to have a win streak of five games with a quarterback rating above 90 since 1970. He Russell Wilson is finding himself in elite company. He is looking different than he did in Seattle, but he's playing very well. And this defense is back into form as it was last year. Who's got uh, Russell Wilson and Broncos takes. Because of this win, the dolphins now officially have a win over a winning team. Look at that. That stat is gone. The Broncos had a 70 burger dropped on them earlier in the year by the Miami dolphins and the dolphins infamously but, had not have a win over team above 500. Now they do look at that. But again, like I said, they hit rock bottom. There was literally nowhere for them to go, but up Russell Wilson in consecutive weeks has had a miracle touchdown catch by one of his receivers last week. It was Cortland Sutton in, in a, just a, a remarkable catch. And then this week it was by someone by the name of Troutman, one of his one of his tight ends. Troutman. It was just you know talk about having presence of mind of where the out of bounds zone is, where your own body is, the body control to catch the ball, the hands catch while essentially keeping your shin and knee in bounds for a touchdown. It's starting to look a little bit like we're Seattle Russ. Obviously not to the same like top three quarterback MVP level that Russell Wilson was at back then, but we're, we're starting to see Russ cook, you know, chefing up a little, uh, a little fricasseed uh, Bronco on the side. You know what I mean? Ooh, look at that fricasseed. I don't even know what that is. It sounds fancy though. It is. Indeed. On the Brown side of thing, uh, Miles Garrett has an injury to keep your eye on and the quarterback woes continue for Cleveland as Dorian Thompson Robinson, their rookie, goes out with a head injury. Undetermined how long he will be out or if the team will stick with P.J. Walker or if they will turn to recently signed Joe Flacco. Let's go to the game of the week with the Bills traveling to Philadelphia. The Eagles pulled this one out late in overtime at 37 to 34. Josh Allen, that fraud, is winless in overtime. Hertz is making a case to be MVP. Um, and my favorite part of this game, a 59-yard kick from Jake Elliott in the rain descended to overtime. It was one of the kicks of the Unbelievable. year. Unbelievable. The kick of the year. Horrible conditions. Wind is blowing. And he drills it from 60 yards, give or take. It's awesome, awesome to see. And 
Philadelphia clutches it out at the end. This is one of those games where you can't really call Josh Allen a fraud. He played as well as any quarterback could play this week. Um, his defense really let him down. And I know the Bills um, fired Ken Dorsey, and, and they've been reaping the benefits. Their offense has been much better, and they've been putting points on the board in, in a really efficient and effective fashion since he exited you know, the upstate New York building. But – the real problem with the Bills has been injuries to their defense, and they haven't been able to make adjustments. You know, the Eagles, the Eagles, the Eagles' offense hasn't been much to write home about, um, especially uh, this season. I don't think anyone would say that they were the Eagles that we expected, but um, they put up like thirty plus points against this Bills defense, um, and the and the Eagles' offense hasn't been what we wanted and have expected them to be, even with all the talent that they have on the roster. Um, Lane Johnson was a, was a game time scratch. Um, I think, um, uh, you know, we, we were seeing like multiple penalties by Travis Kelsey, like the, the offense was not clicking um, in like in clockwork, but you know, still that bills defense could not stop them in the second half. You know, we went into the half 10, seven, really thinking that, you know, this is going to be a, this is going to be a defensive showdown. We're really going to have to have a, have a, you know, three, three, three yards of a cloud of dust, just beating it up just to do Northern teams, old salt of the earth type shit. But the truth of the matter is that the bills defense just, they ran out of gas and the, and it's sort of been the, the story of their season. And if they're on by this week and they come against the chiefs and if they don't put it together, their season's over, yeah, which I'm that. not unhappy about. <laughs> Me neither. I'm sick of the bills. the bills. I am so sick of them. Um, but yeah, they are in dire straits. Um, they need these wins against the chiefs and the Cowboys coming up. It's not going to be easy to do. Um, but like you said, it's mostly on the defense. I think Sean McDermott is coaching for his job. Uh, that is his side of the ball. Um, so if we don't see much improvement from the defensive side of the bills, we will probably get a reset in the coaching tree for the bills. I like one point you had, uh, before we move off of this, David, that this is not the Eagles team that we expected to come coming into the year. They have not performed to their potential, but they're 10 and one <laughs> it's they, they are a, Really, really freaking good team, and look out if they can actually play to what they're capable of. They can win in any way, shape, and form, and you know that last touchdown drive. Oh, honestly, the last field goal drive and touchdown drive by um, the Eagles, especially with the play by Jalen Hurts, who really struggled in the first half, really turned it on the second half, and in overtime. I think it shows a lot. I think he's definitely leading the MVP race. Absolutely. All right, it's time to kick back, relax, uh, and let the pain of the weekend wash away. Oh, uh, pain. The Bears haven't even played yet. There's so much pain. This is my bit. Y'all are still stealing it from me. Unbelievable. Ah, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we all, uh, we all hurt. Even if it's uh, Thanksgiving week. You know, when you, when you eat too much and your stomach is expanding and uh, busting at the seams, it, uh, it hurts. So, you know, take a little uh, Pepto-Bismol, take an Alka-Seltzer, drink some water, because we got some haikus for that hurt. Goodbye, Del Rio. 
commander's cleaning house now. Rivera up next. All right, let's go up to Seattle. Seahawks soul searching after big booty blasting Holy shit. in primetime TV. <laughs> what? N- need booty blasting. Maximum car game. A lot of mediocre and game ceiling picks. Zach Taylor shows up. Doesn't have Burrow. Guess what? He gets... What? Oh, forking pwned. I thought it said fucking. I was like, damn, Tim. It says forking. This and is then the you still universe. said the word, so. Bucks skidding again. Lost six of the last seven. Pirates lifed for them. They're four and seven in one game out from first in the division. <laughs> what a Panthers fire Reich. Let it ring through the league. One in ten. No good. Ah, some Christmas verbiage. Let it ring. Yeah, very good. That. All right, David, I think this one's you with uh, the Raiders here. Y'all just messing up the order after what we've established, but it's all right. I'm flexible. I can do a little pinch hitting for uh, our compatriots in the... Las Vegas glimmers an inkling of hope sparkles gone in an instant. Oh, that was that. Oh my god. Yeah, 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 what you know about it? It's called it's what you know about it. Oh, oh, uh, oh, oh, Monster Dave. Actually, don't call me Dave. I hate that. Monster David. Yeah. Herbert. Herbert chokes it again. Nothing new under the sun. Should have picked Tua. So true. True, true, true. Alright, here's a little Thanksgiving special one as we look back on the day of eating food. Mmm, stuffed. Stummy hurt. Too much turkey three days straight. No mac and cheese. Kill. Y'all didn't have mac and cheese at your. No, I didn't. Bro, what? Nope. What happened? Don't know, man. Danny, why didn't you put the mac and cheese real quick? White! I was merely a guest. Oh, Sarah's family? Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, it's not like you're going to be a guest with your own family. That's kind of on me. I mean, it's soon to be his family, too, so. That's true. True. You're no longer a guest. You are now family. So you got to bring the mac and cheese. Yeah, true. I don't know. 
Well, Sebastian, let me tell you right now, you better get to knowing because it's time for you, the man of the hour, the man with the power. It's post-circuit week, which means he's filled up and ready to rock and roll. It's time for Freeform with Sebastian. The Packers hunted and stuffed the lion while I stuffed myself with mac and cheese. Unlike these chumps except for David, we had the mac and cheese. Mm. Mm. Seattle, they got beat. Mm. 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 The Texans, they couldn't keep a beat on the Jags who took them downtown to show them what it's like down in Duval. Mm. Coming up with the AFC South title, basically. While the NFC South is an abysmal trash hole that no one saw coming. Eric Carr, putrid signing. Desmond Ritter, even worse. Tampa Bay, they did not shine. In fact, they did not look fine. While Gardner Minshew knew it all about with his far mustache and jorts. I thought the Colts would look mediocre, but I was wrong, even though I picked them first on Colts. Oh man, the Dolphins, they're a solid lock no matter what. The fail Mary, the hell Mary, whatever you want to call it, still reigns behind the butt fumble. The funniest play to ever happen. What was even funnier was watching sad Jet fans on Black Friday. Mm. Most bring a tear to their eye, but to me, brought a smile to my face. But the uh, Steelers. They hit the Bengals with some mace. No Drew, no Drew Burrow. He's out of place. No wrist, no throwing. The Broncos, they're pulling themselves up from rock bottom, trying to touch the heights of Everest. And they're doing well by starting off with a good beating of the Browns. Now, if he had a frown because the Chargers choked, turn it upside down because the Ravens are just that much better. They picked Herbert at six, thinking he was going to be fine, but the Dolphins got two at five. Well, we're seeing how that goes with white QB erasure. Josh Allen, he's erasing the Bills' hope playoff. Although you could say it was defense, but I think it's funnier to insult Josh Allen. Jared Goof, Josh Pick Allen. You don't see these kind of nicknames with Lamar Jackson, Tua, Flying Hawaiian, Tagovailoa, even Kyler Murray, astronaut Josh Todd. Hmm. Sounds like I'm pushing an agenda, but that's not what's happening. No, no, no. What's happening right now where the Bears are trying to bear down on the Vikings and they're trying to bear down. rip the Bears in half. And this has been a fine twist of rhyme, but it's time to get back to our latter half. Hmm. Yo, that opening line was heat. The Packers went out and hunted a stuffed a lion. That was great. Very Thanksgiving. Nice. Sebastian is the goat. That was elite. Nice work, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, shit. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. You ever get tired of waking up on a Monday? Yeah. You ever get tired of drinking that shitty homemade coffee here on a Monday? Mm. Mm. Well, me too. So we're going to call this segment Muck Fun Day. 
Yes, sir. We are not watching the Monday night football game. I certainly do not have it on my phone right here watching it during this podcast. And we're not watching it, so we're going to make a prediction on it with Doc Bears and Doc Vikings of Minnesota. I'm not backing down. I think the Bears are going to win. It's not going to be pretty. I predict 24-21. Chicago wins in a narrow victory. They fend off the Vikings from a late comeback. Uh, I, I peeked at it a little bit. It might not even be that high scoring as of right now. It's a very boring game. We'll see. Bears by three. Yeah, I'm going to go out and pick the Vikings. I like where you're at, Danny, with 24-21, but I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to say 24-21, Vikes. I'm sticking with my pick. The Vikings, they shall reign supreme. Right, fellas we'll see we'll see if i get the pick right so far the past or not more like the pissed or not he's thrown two oh picks. oh oh almost a oh. third pick oh my god as i was saying this he's thrown two nasty picks they have zero points and there's three minutes left in the half so we'll see <laughs> we'll see well Find out next time on the Flag on the Plate podcast. Or you can look it up on ESPN in like an hour. There is that. All right. Oh, my God. He dropped the pick. Oh, my God. It would have been three. Uh, Anyway, that's going to do it. Thanks, fellas. Y'all killed it. Thank you much. Make sure you follow the show here on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, flag on the play underscore P on Twitter, flag on the, on the play underscore pod on Instagram. The Great handles, I know. We will see you all next week on the flag on the play pod. Excuse me. We will see you Thursday morning with our recap of this week uh, and all that goodness. Have a great night, y'all. And we will catch you on the flippity flop. Thursday is the preview. Hell yeah. God. They know what he meant. <laughs> <laughs>